Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Today, we are finishing our series of Grace Upon Grace, which is actually the theme for our church this year, for Bright Church this year. Uh, We need the grace of God in our lives, and He is so good that He continues to give grace upon grace. Now, last week, I spoke about God giving us the grace to be successful. If you haven't listened to that message, you need to listen to it. But just so uh, in case you're a guest and you you didn't get to see it, If you read the Bible, the overarching idea is that God would want His people to be successful. That's why He helps us. That's why He gives us uh, His blessings. That's why He gives us the presence of His Spirit in our lives. But sometimes what we need to do is to realign our, our ideas of what success is with what God says success is. So sometimes the truth is success is the formation of your character. Sometimes success can be, uh, yep, absolutely, it can be wealth. And God blesses people, some people with wealth. So that they can, uh, you know, continue to invest into the kingdom. Uh, Sometimes it's promotion. Sometimes it's influence. But God wants His people to be successful. But I want to tell you something that's very important. There is a step that's beyond success. There is just one more step past success. And I want to talk to you about that today. The step past success is significance. The step past success is significance. See, I think that what God wants us to do is to live significant lives, not just successful lives. And you know, if you are a Christian, you've got to, you've got to think about this. Jeez, hey, if you came to church today, even if you're not a Christian, you should consider this. You think about eternity, right? And it's really kind of hard to demonstrate eternity because you know, it's so big, it's everlasting. And you think about the kind of time that we've got here on planet Earth. So, so we have this window called our lives. It's like, it's like this big. And then you've got to think about eternity. How can I make you think about it? Just imagine in a billion, billion years, you'll still be there. That is a long time. And so in life, we have a small window to make a big difference. And if we use that small window to make a big difference, we're going to lead significant lives. I remember back in 2009, uh, my wife, Sarah, she was pregnant with our first son, Judah, and I was working in recruitment at that time. And it was a good job. I I loved the job. It was a well-paid job. And You know, before Judah was born, I remember hearing God come and speak to me. And he said, I'm about to do something significant in your life. And he said, I'm going to transition you from where you are to another place. I said, okay. He said, as you guys, as a family unit, as you birth something in the natural, I'm going to birth something supernatural in your lives. And just after Judah was born, I was actually asked to leave my job that I had and to go into full-time ministry. It took me by surprise. I guess, you know, I thought one day eventually maybe I'll do that, but I didn't see it coming up so soon. 
And so at that exact moment, you know, Sarah, she'd, she'd stopped working because she'd had a baby and she was on maternity leave and she wasn't going to go back to work for some time. And, and so then I had to quit my, my well-paid job to take a role on staff at a church, which was well below where I was. And, and I guess there was these conflicting thoughts in my head, you know, like I, I wanted to come on staff and do something significant, but there was a little bit of risk that was involved in doing that. If I was to say yes to doing that ministry role, then that would mean that I have to stop, we have to stop living the life that we were living and completely embrace this new thing. And I discovered something. I discovered that my significant zone was actually well outside of my safe zone. There was the opportunity to do something significant, but it was well outside of the safe zone of my life. And I find it often to be that there is a tension between our safe zone and a significant zone. It's like God challenges us sometimes to want to do something really significant for Him. But I don't know about you, but it always seems to be at least one step past where I thought I was comfortable or safe. Maybe it's just me. But it's like He always wants you to step out into that uncomfortable space beyond the safe zone. I mean, you you think about it. Every significant story that you've heard, every amazing testimony of someone living a significant life for God, it had great risk involved. That's, that's, that's part of the reason why we like those stories, by the way, because we see the great risk and we see what people had to maybe leave behind or, or how they took a great faith step. And, and that's part of what encourages us. That's what inspires us. But it's always because it's, you know, outside of that safe zone. I think just as human beings, we love this. I think we love stories about heroes. I mean, look at this. You look at the movies that we watch today. And a lot of the movies that are successful, they have a similar narrative. And the narrative is that they are a hero who has to overcome some kind of obstacle, some kind of challenge. You know, whenever you watch any hero origin story, they they leave their normal life where everything was okay and everything was safe and everything was predictable and everything was comfortable and they leave that life in pursuit of something more significant. And and it happens in so many stories. Like look at the the movies that come out with Marvel. You know all these superheroes, and our culture loves them. I think there's a good reason for that. We love to see people take great faith risks. And you know even if you watch like a romantic comedy, and you're watching it, and you see there is eventually somebody has to take a great risk of declaring their love for the person and they have to face the possibility of rejection or, 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 or some kind of obstacle that they have to come over in order to be in relationship. This is just throughout all the stories that we see. And I think that there is something inside these stories that taps into us and we love to see it. I don't know if we always love to live it, but we love to watch it in other people's lives. It's far more exciting and a lot safer if I can sit on my couch and watch someone else live that kind of life. And you know what I think? I think that God invites us all the time to significant lives. There are stories that could be told if we say yes to Him. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the, the language of the Spirit of God is dreams and visions. 
So some people, they say, I've never heard God's voice. Oh, well, that doesn't mean that you can't communicate with Him or that He's not communicating with you. The Scriptures say that in the last days, He will pour out His Spirit. And what will people see? Dreams and visions. So sometimes what you get is you get a dream for your life or a vision for something that could look different. It could just be that that is the Spirit of God that is speaking to you. Now you have to be careful because sometimes it's just last night's pizza, all right? And you, and you had a crazy dream. And, and, and so what I would say to you, because there's a little bit of a risk in me preaching a message about doing the kind of things that I'm going to tell you to do. The, the risk involved in this is someone says, you're right, I'm just going to get out of the boat. Let's just, let's just get crazy, right? Yeah, put that crazy through a filter first, okay? So maybe have someone that says, you're hearing from God, or they say, that was last night's pizza. That's crazy. That's, that's the, I don't really think that's from God. So you've got you to temper this crazy thing that God might be inviting you to do with a little bit of wisdom if you understand what I mean, right? Just a few of you. The rest of you are going to live crazy lives. I will watch from the sidelines and cheer you on and, and you know, organize all the counselors that you need. <laughs> Sometimes you need to just put these things through a little bit of a filter. So what does God do? But He invites us to take an incredible journey with Him. And then we get to determine whether we say yes to it or not, right? So when we partner with Him, we begin a journey. We begin a journey towards whatever God's called us to do. And I would say most of the time it involves leaving our safe zone in order to do it. And I've discovered that everyone has a different safe zone. So some people have a safe zone that is, that is big and expansive and they've just, they're just got faith in their heart and they're just ready to go. Other people, their safe zone is a lot smaller so it feels like great risk to just step out a little bit. But I don't know about you. I always feel like God is challenging us to take the next step in our faith so that we can live a life that's significant. Now, here's a, here's a potentially morbid thought, but I want you to consider what would be said about you at the end of your life. Like, like don't go into great detail, but imagine your own funeral. Imagine... If you could witness it, what would people say about you at your own funeral? What would be said? How about this? Instead of saying what, what would be said, maybe think about this. What would you like people to say about you at the end of your life? Well, Jesus tells a story about a man. It's a totally made up story. But he tells the story about a man and he totally makes up this man's life. But he summarizes this entire person's existence in just a couple of verses. Let me read it to you. It comes out of Luke 12, verse 16 to 21. It says, And he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? That's a good question. He says, for I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store my grain and my goods. And I will, uh, my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not 
rich towards God. Just summarizing this man's life. Okay, so, so guys, listen up. Here is the lesson, all right? Here, here's a great lesson, life lesson. Don't be this guy, okay? Don't be this guy. Like, do everything that you can to avoid doing what this guy did. Just look at his life for a minute. This guy has the grace of God on his life. We know that. I mean, he, come on. He's a landowner and he was already rich at the beginning of the story. And so, look, look, probably he inherited the land, okay? That's how he got it. So he, it belonged to him. But come on, he's, he's, he's got barns. He's already got barns. He's rich. He's doing well. He owns land. And then what happens? The next thing, grace upon grace, right? Sometimes, you know, we are just born into an existence where we just go, this is just my life. It's just the way it is, right? Yeah, but God knew that you'd be here. God knew that this would be that you would be born to the parents that you have, that you'd be born in this country. I think there are times when we have to take stock of the blessings that we take for granted and say, look at what I already have. Stop spending our time looking at what somebody else has or where the grass could be greener or who's got more blessing. Compared to the rest of the world, if you're in this room or watching online, you're doing very, very, very well. So sometimes we need to just take stock of what we have, but God is so good that what does He do? It's grace upon grace. So what does the rich man get? We get some bumper crop. And so this was absolutely seen as a blessing from God. So, so they would say that when the rain fell and the, and the crops would grow, they would identify that as God blessing them. So here He is, He's got this bumper crop and He asks this question, what shall I do? Now that is a good question. As a first step, what am I going to do now? I've just had this bumper crop. I've got all of this coming in. You know, what, what shall I do? Do you know that all significant stories start with the question, what will I do? You wake up and find yourself in a circumstance, a situation, trace any significant story and it goes all the way back to the point where somebody had to ask themselves, what am I going to do now? What will I do from this place? Where will I go to next? What's the next decision that I will make? And when you start to ask questions like that, you start to realize that you have opportunities. You might have the opportunity to do something significant. Look, the problem for this guy is that his heart was blinding him to the reality that he had. I read this story and I think he, he, he didn't actually see the opportunity. Notice how we really only saw one possible option with all the extra that God had given to him. We do this as a culture. We call it upgrade, but there's a more specific name for it. It's called hedonism. And it's the doctrine that pleasure and happiness is the highest value in life. This idea has taken our entire, the entire Western world as a minimum, right? It has taken all of us captive. That everything should be about my happiness. The ultimate goal in life is for you to be happy. See, do you notice that when I say that, there's something in you that goes, this makes me feel uncomfortable because I kind of like that. <laughs> I know you do. This is what we believe. This is what we have been indoctrinated with. 
It's so saturated in our culture since we've been young that we don't even realize that we're living this kind of life. There's a guy, he's a social media influencer, entrepreneur, and his name is Gary V. I follow him on Instagram, but if you're easily offended, I encourage you not to do that. If you're a Christian and you've been in church your whole life and bad words offend you, don't follow Gary V, right? But should you be able to get past that, he says some very interesting things that you might want to listen to. One of the interesting things, I don't even agree with the guy. I follow people I don't agree with because I just want to know what they say. So here he is and Gary V, he put up this post and I saved it because I thought that is so fascinating. And the post was just a, a picture of him wearing a jacket. It was taken from behind so you could only see what was written on the back of his jacket. And here was the words. It said, happiness over everything. And then there was a description in his Instagram post and this is what it said. Fight for happiness. Make all decisions through that filter. And I thought, that is the problem today. It's all about my personal happiness. It's about, if I'm not happy, then I'm not going to do it. And, and, and again, even as the words are coming out of my mouth, they sound kind of strange. You think, this, shouldn't this be the way that we live? Well, let me tell you something. That kind of thinking is opposite to the kingdom of God. That is not kingdom thinking. We have a kingdom culture that is so different to the idea that everything should be chiefly about my happiness. By the way, let me tell you something. That is why I think people are so disappointed in their relationship with God when they make a decision to follow Him. I gave my life to Jesus and I thought that what would happen is that He would dump a truckload of happiness on my door every single day. You lied when you told me that it would be the best decision I'd ever make in my life. You lied, right? I thought that everything would be good all of the time. Well, I'm not sure what gospel that is, but let me tell you something. Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulation, but I've read the end of the book and guess what, everyone? We win. So I'm not gonna be walking blissfully through happiness every single day. That's just a present reality. I would just rather tell you the truth up front so that you know what you're getting. In fact, the truth is the moment you start to follow Jesus, you start to encounter some opposition because you are now moving in a different direction to the rest of the world. What if I told you, that God was not primarily interested in your happiness, but far more concerned with your holiness? What if I told you that God was not so interested in your happiness, but He wants to make sure that your character is right and that you make good decisions and that you follow Him and that you read His Word and that He starts to change who you are on the inside. And by the way, He's gonna help you with that if you surrender to Him. But at the same time, come on, it's not all just about your happiness. Here's a tip in life. If you're a Christian, please don't ever follow your heart. You know, we say that. Just follow your heart, man. Just follow your heart. No. Do not. Do not do that. <laughs> Don't follow your heart. Yeah. Do you know what the Scripture says about that thing that you've got? Your little decision maker. It says it is deceitful 
above all other things. It will lie to you. It will say to you, no, 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 don't make that decision. We won't be happy if you do that. It lies to you. Don't ever follow your heart. I Look, come on, you know, you know where I'm going to go with this. I've got someone better that you should be following. Don't follow your heart, follow Jesus. Don't follow your heart, read His Word. Don't, don't, don't follow your heart, stay in step with the Spirit of God. And now you start to live the life that God's wanting you to live. You know, I watched this documentary recently. And, and it, was cra- it was about rich people. And it was crazy to me what rich people will do. So this, in this documentary, there was different people that were kind of being interviewed. But one of these people paid $16,000 to learn the proper and appropriate etiquette to cut an orange. Which I thought was ridiculous because I would have done it for $5,000. I I mean, it might not have been as good a job, but I would have taught that person how to cut an orange for $5,000. That is my growing rate. If you're interested, just email me after the service. Insanity has gripped the world. Who pays $16,000 to learn how to cut an orange? Do you know they interviewed the person after and you know what they said? They said, it was worth every penny. Insane. Sometimes I honestly go, how are you even rich making decisions like this? There was one lady, this is true. You think I'm making this up. This is true. There was one lady who'd grown a little bit older. She'd had a bit of plastic surgery herself, but now her dog was having droopy lips. Yeah. She got plastic surgery for her dog. I'm not joking. And I, I watched this and I thought, you know what? This is crazy. It's almost like people are just inventing ways to spend their money. And I thought, you know, isn't that exactly the problem that the rich man had in the story that we just read? It's like Jesus was talking about it in his day too. This guy was already rich. He already had heaps. And God gave him more. And instead of saying, what shall I do with the extra He said, I can invent a new way to keep what I've got. I thought, to me, I just thought that was fascinating. He's wanting to build his investment portfolio. That's his primary focus. He invents a way to store blessing. And wouldn't this be a good question to ask out of the text? It's not the main idea we're meant to necessarily walk away with. But what could he have done with the extra? Like, just think about what could he have done? He could have lifted all the people around him up. He could have blessed the poor people that were in his community so that they had more. He could have added a wing to the leper's lounge. I don't know. The point is, he could have used that money to do something significant. But all of his focus was in the wrong place and his heart was lying to him and he listened to it. See, if you focus on success and never consider sacrifice, you could miss significance. You just focused on success and keenly aware of my own happiness. And if you stay focused on that, you never even consider. Yeah, but what if I sacrificed? People don't like that word. 
If you, don't, if you don't like sacrifice, you may never even discover significance in your life. If you're storing your grace, you could be stalling significance. You've got to start to think like a kingdom-orientated people. Think again. Come on. What's the story that you would like to hear about yourself at the end of your life? And it's almost if just asking that question and stepping back out of the daily routine that you're presently in, it makes you think, maybe I should make a few changes with my life. I love what John Piper said. He said, if we waste our lives, if we seek our happiness and our significance without reference to Jesus Christ, if God is left out of the picture, if Christ is taken out of the picture, and we become a millionaire and have all the sexual pleasures that we can imagine and become very famous, then we have wasted our lives because in the end, God is the one who created the world and God is bringing the world and everything in it to an end for His purpose. And if we haven't joined with Him in those purposes, we are wasting our lives. What's the story that you wanna hear about yourself at the end of your life? If you take something away from this message today, maybe it should be this. Significant dreams require significant sacrifice. Significant dreams require significant sacrifice. Not a lot of excitement about that here this morning, Bright Church. Because you realize it requires so much. Now, I want you to, I want you to understand something that I think is very important. You as a human being, as an individual, you are already significant, okay? God knew that He would make you and you say, well, I'm just the result of my parents. You know, you know, it's just biology, right? No, no, no. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are created in the image of God. The Bible says that we are imago Dei. So He's Father, Son, and Spirit. We are body, soul, and spirit. We are a triune being made in His image. So yes, there is a level of significance. You, your value, by the way, as a human being won't increase. And God's love for you will not increase if you live a more significant life, right? Okay, but God still wants you to live a significant life because He's given you talents and abilities and time on earth. You have a small window to make a big difference. So He still wants you to do it. And I think we need to understand success is what you accomplish, but significance is how your successes make an impact. And this is, this is so important because you could be successful your whole life and never live a significant life. People will do this. You could be successful your whole life and never even live a life of significance. Bob Beaufort wrote a book called Half Time. I think if you're north of 40, you should probably read that book. It says this, if you were to succeed in what you're currently doing, would it be significant in the light of eternity. Think about your present activities, what you're currently engaged in, what you're presently doing. And if you were to succeed in what you're currently doing, would it be significant in the light of eternity? When I read the story that I read today about this rich man at the top, it's actually the little heading in, in the scriptures and it says the rich fool. It tells us a story about a rich fool, but can I tell you, it's got nothing to do with money. You understand that, right? This, this 
story doesn't have anything to do with money. It has everything to do with asking yourself the question, what are you doing with what you've been given? That's what we're supposed to take away. You don't dismiss it because you're not rich and wealthy. You say, I'm still trying to buy a house, man. I, you know, I don't have land, so that's good for all the landowners. No, 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 no. What are you doing with what God has blessed you with? Do you know what I've discovered? Is that your heart will lie to you, but there are plenty of people lining up for that job. You know, the enemy of your soul will always come to you and he will always try to lie to you so that you never lead a significant life. He would rather stop you before you even become successful. And his excuses are endless. You don't have enough money to do that. You don't have enough time to do that. You don't have enough resource. You don't have enough talent. But can I tell you, the devil is a liar. Of course, he says all of those things to you. Why? What he's hoping you do in life is just settle. Just settle. Settle. Just relax. Be happy. Let happiness be your filter for all things in life. Just, just pull back from there. Let's not get crazy. Just be happy. Sacrifice, that's an, that's an older man's job, unless you're an older man. And then he says, no, sacrifice, that's a, that's a younger man's game. And, and it doesn't matter who you are. He'll just tell you that, it, that that call belongs to somebody else so that you never actually live it. He's happy to just prevent you from moving forwards. He will tell you, you know what? Just eat ice cream, be happy, enjoy your life. And you know what? It actually sounds pretty good. He's not normally that obvious, but it starts to sound pretty good. Let's just settle. This is not the right time. This is not the right time. We'll do it one day. You know, I read the story about the rich man and realized the day never came. Because he just kind of thought that he had maybe the rest of his life to do it. But in the story, he says, you, di you didn't have time. You were planning on time you never had. We have a small window in life to make a big difference. You know, I, I was a kid. I grew up in the 80s. And there was, thank you. <laughs> and there was this movie that I used to watch on repeat. It's about fighter jet pilots. It was called Iron Eagle. Do you know it? A couple people know it, right? The rest of you, go home, hire it, you'll be blessed. Okay? It's called Iron Eagle. And in the story, there's this guy whose dad gets, uh, he, he flies over to another country, his plane goes down, and then now he's being held captive. And this, his son, who's not really old enough and not really in the Air Force, essentially steals a fighter. Oh gosh, I'm giving it away. It's going to ruin it for everyone. But anyway, you know, he steals this fighter jet plane and he flies over there and he's got this, this bomb that he's told to use at a specific moment. And he says, when you get there, you're going to have to start to take out the runway, right? So he's taking out the runway and then at the right moment, he drops this bomb. And it's this bomb that creates this wall of fire and it goes completely across the runway 
And what it means is, is that none of the enemy's planes can get up into the air, no, which keeps him safe because now he's the only one that can fly around. Can I tell you that the enemy of your soul will do the exact same thing? It's just a wall of lies and it's burning and it's there and it's designed to keep you from ever going from where you are to where God might have you be. He wants you to be successful. He actually wants you to do something significant. But if you can't get off the ground, then all the things that He could have done might never happen. If you follow your heart and you just despise sacrifice, you don't like it, you may never actually realize anything significant and you're still on the runway. Let me ask you a couple of questions. What significant dream are you delaying because of the sacrifice that's attached to it? I'll do it one day, but today's not the right time. Now that might actually be true because I don't want to set a bunch of people crazy today. So you have to use some wisdom. But you know, if you keep delaying it, uh, how long is too long? A year? Five? Ten? Twenty? I mean, how, how long is too long? If it's never the right time, maybe it's just because you believe in the lie. Maybe there's a wall of fire that's cutting off you from getting to where God wants you to be. Where in your life, I wonder, have you become demoralized? Is it because of some past failure? Maybe time has been, things have been delayed for so long. You look at it and you think, you know, I made a start, but I just never really finished it. I thought something significant was going to happen, but you know what? It just never did. And so it probably won't ever happen. You can't afford to think like that. Not when you have a God like the one that we serve. You know, in the 6th century BC, the Israelites would, they were held captive. They were taken into captivity. And they were given permission to rebuild their temple, to rebuild their walls. You know, as they started to rebuild their walls, something happened. They built for the first two years. And then something happened and, it, and they had all of this opposition that came against them and it stalled for 17 years. And they looked at what they were trying to build. They looked at some of their progress and you know what? They thought, will this ever really be anything significant? I mean, people just started to despise what was already there. They said, could this, I mean, look at it. It's nothing. This can't ever be significant. God comes and He interrupts the narrative through a prophet. He says this in Zechariah 4.10. He said, Whoever despises the day of small things shall rejoice. In other words, what He's saying is, is it looks small now. It might look small now, but it's still going to happen. You know, for Israel, it did. And here's the shocking thing. They nearly quit something significant because it started small. Do you know what I've realized about significance? It starts small. Oftentimes, God will give you something significant in seed form. And it matters what you do with it. So you gotta, what you got to do, you got to take that small opportunity and be faithful. Because I believe that if you're faithful, God can make it significant. Remember, small is still something. Small is still a start. So maybe you got something small. The rich man, he had a lot. 
But your problem could be the same, is that you just don't use what you've got. And that's not the kind of person you want to be. Start to ask yourself the questions. Could I live on less and give more? Could I go part-time to volunteer in that space that God has been asking me to volunteer in? You got to, listen, you got to start, you got to have a plan for this stuff too, all right? I mean, unless Jesus physically manifests and says, just do it and don't think about it, right? Outside of that, you should have a plan around how this is going to work because we're still meant to be wise people. We don't throw out logic or wisdom, right? But still, if God speaks to you, what did I say success was last week? It's the sum of your steps of obedience towards Him, right? So what could you do? What could you do in your marketplace right now? Wherever you're working, your place of work. What could you do in your church right now? What could you do around the world? What could you do in your community? Start to ask yourself the question. What is the story that I would love to hear told about me after I'm gone? And the answer is that you want to live a life of significance. We've got a small window to make a big difference. And so maybe we're starting small and that's okay. We don't have to have everything lined up, but it begins with this idea that significant dreams require significant sacrifice. There may be something I have to give up in order to lay hold of the thing that God wants to do in my life next. If happiness is your goal in life, go have an ice cream and enjoy your day. But if you wanna build the kingdom of God, understand that we start to gather around this thing called sacrifice. So ultimately we can build something significant. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet for a moment? I want to pray for people today that God begins to release dreams and vision and to meet that faith and courage so that you have what you need to take the next step, the next thing that God wants to do in your life. So why don't you, if you want to be included in this prayer, just begin to raise your hands. I'm going to pray that God fills you with dreams, visions, courage, faith. Thank you, Jesus, right now for every single person with a hand raised right now. I pray, Lord, that you begin to speak to them. Your Word says that the language of your Spirit is dreams and visions. And God, I pray that you begin to open hearts and open minds. God, where things have been shut down in the past, I pray that you reignite a passion, reignite a fire in their hearts and in their soul. I pray, breathe fresh on them today. Breathe new life, breathe new vision. I pray the faith and the courage to match. I pray, God, let them be wise. Let them make decisions with wisdom, but at the same time, never be afraid to sacrifice. I pray, God, that we are smart enough to realise that Your Kingdom is not all about our personal happiness, but it is often built on our personal sacrifice to contribute, to extend Your Kingdom and build something significant. Father, I pray Your richest blessings to be upon them. Blessings of gifts, blessings of influence, blessings of wisdom. Let the gifts of Your Spirit just begin to flow in this room. Whether people are watching today online or whether they're standing in this room right now, You can reach everyone right where they're at. So I pray, God, that You bless them abundantly in Jesus' Name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. 
We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.